Welcome back. Bob Black, Sean Robertson from CBS 6 Sports Huddle. About 4.32 on a Thursday afternoon, and we will be here tomorrow. We'll wrap it up and get you into the weekend. Spiders have a home game, so no travel for yours truly. You can watch that one. Of course, you can listen to it on 1061 ESPN. You can watch it on Flow Sports. Got to have that subscription. No TV, no regional TV this week. But Sean Robertson's on the sideline for us Saturday for Spiders and Delaware State. Chris Anderson finally makes his <laughs> first appearance in the booth of the year. Busy guy and always had scheduling conflicts. So he'll be back this week. He's fired up to be back as well. And uh, the Spiders will be fired up to get a win. Need one. Need yep. one. All right, let's talk some high school football. Uh, Zach Joaquin from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, richmond.com, joins us on a Thursday, a game night here in the Central Virginia area. Right, Sean Robertson? That's right. We got uh, several games in the in the West. I was about to say in the East End, but in the West, West End, End. Yeah. St. Chris is home uh, tonight against Lake Taylor. Night game on the Saints campus and Collegian, another private versus public school matchup. Collegian making the short trip to Douglas Freeman to play the Mavericks tonight at 7 o'clock. Zach, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for having me on. We love those VISAA VHSL uh, <laughs> matchups. Uh, it helps us get a handle on the area and uh, maybe quiets down the uh, the barking in our ears that we've never got the VISAA uh, teams ranked high enough. But they get to play it out on the field. Oh, yes. Where are you going to be at tonight? I'm not going to be out tonight. Melanie, uh, my uh, my colleague, Melanie Martinez, is covering that. Um, that St. Chris game, which is a really interesting matchup with Lake Taylor, and as you said, some cool narratives um, around St. Chris at Knowles Field, being able to be under the lights for years. They've played you know, lots of games on Saturday afternoons, and I know that program is excited to, to have the new lights and, and be under them and be playing a really strong Class 3 program that I know well from, from my neck of the woods. I went to Maury High School down there in Norfolk, and when I was at Maury, Lake Taylor was really running that area. So that's a really strong program and a, and a stiff test for them. I'm going to be at Manchester Midlow tomorrow, which I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit here. I'm really excited for that one. And Weldon Bradshaw is covering a collegiate at Freeman tonight for us, which should be really fun. Wait, 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 wait. You're not going to the pit tomorrow night to see your alma mater play <laughs> on the field? <laughs> that, that should be a really fun one out in Dinwiddie. I try and remove myself from the Maury coverage. Except wow. for, I, mean, I covered the state title game against Highland Springs last year, but I Man, Manchester Midlow was the game of the year last year, and obviously trying to focus on on two local teams. But uh, yeah. you're absolutely right that I wanted to get out there and, and see my Commodores. That's gonna be a good one, Coach Gross. Trying to go to four and zero with uh, with Midlow against Tom Hall, who uh, got a bounce back win against Powhatan last Friday after the uh, that 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 heartbreaker against Highland Springs in their season opener. Was really impressed with Manchester against Highland Springs, though, right? I think yep. everyone came away from that game. I mean, look, I mean, look, it was obviously an early season game. There were mistakes on both sides of the ball that that Lauren Johnson and Tom Hall were mutually not happy with. But from an objective, uh, from a neutral perspective, that was a lot of fun. Um, and I think Manchester absolutely proved to me and, and to a lot of people that they can play with the best teams in the state. And so, like you said, getting uh, getting in the win column last week with a win over an always strong, disciplined, well-coached Powhatan program and now having to go to a great environment at Post Stadium with an undefeated Midlow team. This is a big test, but but I think that judging by how that game went last year, I hope we get anything close to that. That was the 31-30 double overtime yeah. game. Um, I, I hope we get to replicate that tomorrow night. It should be a lot of fun. 
So go back to tonight then, Zach. I know it leads off your list as well. Uh, and all kidding aside, when we got the private and the public getting together out there at Freeman, uh, really intriguing matchup here. And somebody's going to walk away with their first loss, mm-hmm. I guess, tonight, right? Excited to see what collegiate quarterback Jack Callahan um, can do. He's had a really strong start to the year through six touchdown passes a couple weeks ago and their win over Goochland. And this is a really strong Douglas Freeman defense with some tough guys up front and a really strong linebacking core uh, led by Jefferson Meade. Um, and so excited to see what a high-flying collegiate offense that got a big playmaker back in, in L.J. Booker, who was at Verina last year. Um, he's really been making some big plays for them early in the year. And Callahan's got options in that passing game. A few receivers here, Zay Davis, Peyton Dunn, Ben Street, who caught touchdown passes from him in these first couple of weeks against a really strong Freeman defense that's particularly hardened in the trenches. They played a really good mechanics fill ground game last year and helped, or last week and held them at just 73 yards. And so I think that's always the narrative is up front with these VISAA, BHSL matchups, right, Sean, is you want to see if, if the private school teams have the depth and the size up mm-hmm. front to play with the public school teams that a lot of the time lean on that in those matchups. And so that'll be a, a great test tonight and tell us a lot about how good collegiate can be under first-year coach Kyle McConaughey. No question. We've seen that more this year with those matchups and also the 757-804 matchups a lot more of those matchups in the early portion of the season fans have been clamoring for these matchups in in that aspect along with the private public school matchups and this year for whatever reason i applaud the coaches for doing it we're seeing a lot of those matchups those cross uh district matchups between the two one of two of the powerful regions in our state the beach area and also here in the in the central region and it takes some confidence in your kids and your program to go on those road trips, right? Yeah. I mean, Highland Springs put it on the line going to Maury last week in a rematch of the state title um, last year in, in Class 5. And Lake Taylor was up against Hopewell yeah. last week, a game that Hopewell ended up winning 42-25. But from, from everyone who was around that game told me it was closer than that, and Hopewell kind of ran away with it in the fourth quarter there. Led by Keyshawn Henderson, by the way, which is the name that I know. You guys know younger brother of Travion Henderson. He's had a really strong start to the year out there for Hopewell, and they broke into our rankings this week. I'm excited to see uh, what they can do. But for St. Chris, it's a fantastic litmus test, right, being able to play a a strong Lake Taylor program who's competed for state titles in Class 3 over the years. It's a St. Chris team that, to your point, Sean, already got a win at Lafayette earlier this year. I mean, it seems like the VISAA teams are really making a point of trying to schedule some tough, games against public schools to, to prove that they belong in that hierarchy. And as a, a, a Norfolk native who went to Maury and then <laughs> to VCU and has lived in Richmond for almost a decade now, man, I love the 757-804 matchups. And when yeah. you talk to kids in, who play in both of those regions, I did an interview with, with Stats Phillips at VCU a few weeks ago, and he was talking about being excited for the Norfolk State matchup mm. between uh, between VCU um, and Norfolk State men's basketball this year, and he has a former high school teammate from Verona who's playing on that Norfolk State team. So that extends to the college level, too. I think that young athletes in the area, they, they love always talking about going forth with 757 and 804, and so I think those matchups get them excited. And so it'll be a really fun one with Maury coming to, to Dinwiddie in one of the best uh, high school football atmospheres throughout the state tomorrow. All right, let's uh, zero back in on some of the local games in area, and I'm looking down through your list, and you, you guys alluded to, I don't know if we really detailed the Godwin-Hanover uh, matchup. Yeah. Again, both teams undefeated. I think, Zach, you called him in your in your column one of the upstarts in the area this year, Earl Kinney's uh, oh, yeah. Godwin-Eagles, yeah. right? I think they're kind of the people's champ 
<laughs> a little bit this year. I mean, Earl Kenny was a, a longtime local assistant that I think that the, the coaching fraternity and the, the athletic community around Richmond have a ton of respect for, and so everyone's excited to see him having success early on in his first head coaching stint. And, man, Sam Rogers has, mm. has built a strong program culture over at Hanover. They lost some primary playmakers from last year, but they don't seem to have skipped a beat. Really excited to see what this new quarterback, Nolan Chris, can do. Uh, they have a receiver and defensive back, Malachi Madden, who was our 804 varsity player of the week a couple of weeks ago. He's had a really strong year. Peyton Seelman Seal- uh, is their primary rusher out of the backfield and plays some linebacker as well. And that's two undefeated teams, right? I think that's two teams that have been on the periphery of our top ten and have both received some votes in recent weeks. So it's kind of a prove-it game for both of them in their toughest test of the year so far. And I think people have enjoyed rooting for Godwin. And we'll continue to enjoy rooting for Godwin from a neutral perspective because of the narrative around Earl Kenny and him getting his first uh, head coaching job here. And they got a great win at PH a couple of couple of weeks ago here with a block kick, um, a blocked extra point in overtime that won them that game. And so they've just kind of had that, you know, winning games in an exciting fashion so far this year too. It's an it's an easy team for people to root for and for neutrals to grab onto. Um, and with the culture that Coach Rogers has built over at Hanover, that one's going to be really fun tomorrow night. I uh. I root for Godwin, and I'm not neutral because both my kids went to Godwin. So years ago now, but you know, still proud of that. So I would root for Godwin. But I got to ask you, Zach. We don't normally pick winners and losers in this segment with you and Sean, and I know you and Melanie do in your column. And I'm looking at it online at the moment, okay, on Richmond.com, and Melanie has Hanover 24-21. I know this is a typo. Zach has 21-20. No team name. No team no name. name. Because Zach says the score is going to be 21-20, but he's leaving us hanging in the balance. Who's going to win? I was looking at that myself, too, and wondering what happened there yesterday. I think something may have got cut out in the front process of putting that one in the paper. I have Godwin, for the record. All right. See, I didn't even know that. That was not a setup, because I wanted him to pick Godwin, of course. But I was. I'm just teasing you guys. Obviously, that was a typo error. That was a glitch in the system. For sure. But you couldn't have been wrong that way, Zach. Oh, with Godwin with that one. If, if I hadn't asked you, you could have waited till Saturday and just whoever won, you could have that's what's supposed to be in there. So all right. So you got Godwin going. That's an interesting one. All right. That's good, an inter- good game there. Good good matchup. Well Rogers is you know, bringing that winning culture back from when he was a player under Coach Josh yeah. Josh. They just lose guys and they just plug in some some additional pieces and seem like they don't miss a beat. Mm-hmm. Um you mentioned the Manchester Midlothian game. That's the game that you're going to be going to. And, of course, we remember the the great play by Makai Byerson at the end of a double overtime, the swatting the ball away like his dad Brad did when he played on the hardwood when he was at uh, Virginia Union. What do you what are, What is going to be one matchup that you're going to pay a lot of attention to in that game tomorrow night? I want to see Midlothian quarterback Chase Chambers and, and receiver Drew Kleski and what they can do against the Manchester secondary. Um, it's a really talented Manchester secondary led by Jaden Planton. And I believe there's top receiver Kyrie Richardson plays yep. both ways a little bit too. And so if they can limit Chambers and Kleski through that passing game, I, I would think that maybe Midlow will have a hard time keeping up with a really explosive Manchester attack. I, Sean, I know you've been, we've talked about this on the sidelines. We're both incredibly impressed with, with sophomore quarterback Landon Abernathy. No question. No um, question. At Manchester, man, for, for such a young kid, he's got poise and accuracy in the pocket beyond his years and so I think Manchester's going to be able to score points and so my question would be can that mid-low passing game get going a little bit to keep up with them and on the other side of the ball Corey Holland and Devin Bryant that two-headed backfield Mm -hmm. monster for Manchester has had a lot of success 
early on in the year. I believe they combined for six touchdowns last week in, in that win over Powhatan. And Kenny Walls is a, is a tackle up front for them. was all Metro for us last year. And, and Tom Hall, obviously, with that being his position from his own playing days at Tech, he's always coached them up so well on the O-line. And so I think Manchester is going to start by trying to control the game on the ground. And if Midlow can make them kind of lean on Abernathy and, and try and stretch the field in the passing game, then they should have a chance. But Chambers and, and that Midlow passing game in turn are going to have to keep going. So I think we should be we should be seeing plenty of points on the scoreboard in that one. It's going to be an interesting matchup at Poach, uh, Poach Field with, between those two and see if Manchester can continue that momentum. Or will Midlothian make some more believers in this region? You know, this will be a high-quality win for Midlow with uh, with Coach Gross in that, you know, that will certainly open some eyes if they can get a victory at home against the Lancers. <laughs> you guys got one other game? Got a couple minutes here that uh, maybe we are a little bit under I'm the radar. I'm still surprised he's not going to be at the deal. <laughs> I, really, I thought we were going to be on the sidelines talking about this game, but I'm, I'm, I'm very interested about your thoughts. You got Dinwiddie coming off two big wins against North Stafford and GW Danville after their loss to Glenville of Ohio against the Maury team. You know, got to be riding high. They knocked off Holland Springs at home. They get another defending state champ on the road. We're going to know a lot more about these two teams tomorrow night at Dinwiddie. I'm admittedly, I'm just scared of the cannon, Sean. It gets me every time that they score. And so I, I, was, I was trying to give it a little bit into the season. So I, I'm planning to come out to Dinwiddie soon. I believe they have Hopewell next week. And Thomas Dale the week after that. That's an awesome Central District matchup, and I'm, I'm planning to come out there and see that because I want to see Henderson and what that Hopewell team looks like, too. Um, it starts with the running game for Dinwiddie, right? Over yep. the, when in so much success over the last couple of years, it's, it's Harry Dalton who's got all the offers in the world right now. Is this reigning co-all Metro player of the year for us. I believe Alabama expressed interest in him, and he was meeting with Nick Saban over the offseason. So he got an offer with them. Yep. yep, college prospect there. And then Raphael Tucker, they've, they've got a – Another guy out of the backfield um, who's a really strong rusher, and so it's kind of a two-headed monster for them. And I think they'll try and control the game that way. And from what I saw of Maury last year in that state championship game against Highland Springs, I haven't seen them yet this year. But a, a lot of screens, quick passing game, getting the ball out quick. And it's a Dinwiddie secondary that lost some primary playmakers mm-hmm. from last year, namely Quentin Mankin, um, who was a really good all-metro honoree for us the, and led that secondary last year. And so I would think that that's the contrast you're going to see. You're going to see a Dinwiddie team that wants to control the game on the ground and get Dalton and Tucker going, whereas on the other side of the ball, you're going to see a Maury team that wants to get the ball out quick and stretch the field a little bit in the passing game. And so that would be the big test for Dinwiddie, I think, is can that secondary hold up uh, against a really well-schemed Maury passing game. And one note real quick, Bob, watch out for Harry Dalton III, young man he was talking about. Alabama has offered him. He's also playing both ways. Look for him in the secondary tomorrow night at strong safety. That's something to keep an eye on. How many plays will he run? Uh, Will it be more of Tucker running the ball as opposed to Dalton running it more? And how will that play a role in him playing in the secondary tomorrow night against Moore, who's going to, like Zach said, play throw a lot of those screens, try to bait the corners up try to throw it over the top, and I think a couple of times they did that last Friday as well. Hmm. Awesome slate of games. Good, good matchup. Yeah, no, I really thought, like the matchup. I thought when I first looked at it, I was like, mm, that may not be a good no. one, other than that Dinwiddie Mori one, but that Manchester Midlow could be very interesting. The two tonight, St. Chris Lake Taylor mm-hmm. uh, and Collegiate and Saint and uh, Mills, uh, I was going to say Mills Godwin, Douglas Freeman, and then the Mills Godwin Hanover game. So we got some good ones around the area this weekend. Well, you guys have hyped them up anyway to make them I good think games. So. so we'll see how they play. Oh, and, and I forgot one other note. The Huguenot game, we do have a Saturday 
afternoon game. Huguenot is playing at home on Saturday, and I'm trying to remember who they face on Saturday, but I, they, I do know they will host the game Saturday at, at 1. Do you know who they play, remember, off the top, Zach? I'm looking that up right now. They are really intriguing, though. Um, there, I've heard people refer to them as the Colorado uh, of our area. Oh, wow. <laughs> Obviously, Colorado. The chip on their the, shoulder, the yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Prime time's coming to roster. Right. Yeah. Uh, they, I believe they play um, the formerly George Wiss, the Richmond City That's School. That's right. Uh, Richmond High School for the Yards, formerly George Wiss. That's yeah. right. One o'clock kick right before Richmond and Delaware State there at 3 30. There you go. Yeah. Zach, thanks as always. Great job. A lot of fun, particularly to listen to you and Sean crisscross on all this. So enjoy your time out of the games this weekend. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. I always enjoy coming on. Appreciate the conversation. We'll see you on the sidelines. Okay? All right. Keep me posted with that Manchester Midlow game, Zach. We'll do a likewise with Maureen Dinwiddie. All right. You guys got the connection going here. Thank I'm, you, I'm stunned. When he said he was going to Manchester, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, Maury. I'm thinking Maury. But yeah. no, that's that'll be uh that's that's gonna be a good one because the last two years, those two have had really two thrilling games. Midlow had broken a long streak against Manchester two years ago, and then the double overtime thriller at Manchester that the Lancers won. That was a really, really good matchup. And that play by Byerson, I can still look at it. Um, him making that play, knocking that ball away, just like I said, like a like a shot blocker in basketball, and they stormed the field to win that game, mm-hmm. like Midlow did the year before. So that's that's going to be a pretty good atmosphere yeah. uh, for that matchup tomorrow night at Midlow. Good stuff. Weather's supposed to be great all yes. week long too. Yes. So, so go get them, boys. Go go get them. All right. Already four fifty. Let's get the break in. Come back on the other side. We'll talk you up to five o'clock. ESPN Sports Center update coming at five. Feel good Thursday edition of the Sports Huddle continues on one zero six one ESPN. Yeah.